Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. And welcome to the 7 o'clock hour of Jason and Alexis in the morning on my talk 1071. Everything entertainment, everything honey badger. Honey badger don't care. I'm Jace with Dawn of your refreshing morning beverage. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. I need some more, but yeah, I'll just pretend to drink this. (laughs) That's some good pretending right up in there, Dawn. (laughs) That really wasn't a good effort at all. How long has it been now? Uh, uh, My talkers, Dawn has been off caffeine um, for a little while now, and uh, that news was shocking to me. But how long has it been now? (laughs) Oh, I don't even know. Um, Jeez. Maybe three months or something? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I know. Why did you decide still- to do that? Uh well I have I'm an insomniac and I oh. thought maybe it would help, you know, with my terrible sleep patterns. It did. Oh definitely. Good. I sleep better. Uh I just didn't want to be dependent sure. on any person, place or thing for my happiness. So <laughs> I just feel like, you know, if you need all this stuff. To get you going, then you're just at a disadvantage. So I got to be ready for the apocalypse, Rob. That's what I'm thinking. I don't want to be one of those people that my main concern, if the zombies Mm -hmm. are coming, is where can I get a Starbucks? (laughs) (laughs) And let me say, um, that will be my number one concern uh, when the zombie (laughs) apocalypse happens. The coffee people are going to lose their minds. Think about it. You're going to be brokering your children for coffee. A A lot. I would. Luckily, I don't have children. <laughs> or, or a little junior would be sold on the black market for yeah. for for a cappuccino. Let yeah. me tell you, I'm. Uh, you're absolutely right. If there was a zombie apocalypse, I, I never thought about it in this context. Uh, you're right. I would lose my mind. Yeah, I you would lose and my everybody mind. else who's you know is addicted. I would be like, okay, let's raid. You know, uh, f- let's go to the grocery stores. Obviously, let's r- let's raid the grocery stores, uh-huh. and then I would have to break off from my group. Yeah, and I would have to find a caribou yeah. uh, or a Starbucks. <laughs> um, I would prefer to find one of each. You know what I mean? Because I prefer different things at different uh, mm-hmm. at each of them. So I would have to go to Starbucks to get my mocha stuff. Yeah, and then I would have to go. And I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. Starbucks to get my cold brew. So I'd stock up on that. And then I'd have to ransack of uh, an abandoned caribou uh, for for mocha stuff. And yeah. And and I like Starbucks beans a little bit more. So, yeah, I, I, I you're right, Don. I never thought about that in terms of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be very hard for me. I don't drink to- either. Really Are we going to have electricity in the zombie apocalypse, Don? Um, I don't think so. I mean, that's all going to go oh, away. Do you crap. have a little crank, uh, like a crank? Cr- crank my beans? No, cr- no, crank your beans. What is that? No. No, I mean coffee I mean, beans. No, coffee beans. Oh, I'm going to yeah. have to grind my beans somehow. Well, I mean, don't you? Ha- I have like a a regular one that's just a handheld. If you want that, I don't use it anymore. 
Yeah. Jeez. We have a salesperson. Um, I'll change his name so I won't embarrass him. Oh, yeah. M- Mike Gale. Um, <laughs> he has an end of the world bunker. Yeah. Rob, did you know this? Uh-uh. Yeah. Um, again, um, Mike Gale. I love uh, is, it. Is in our uh, sales department. He has a, a like a safe room. He has an end of the world bunker. Um, where he stores canned uh, fruit cocktail and green beans and and uh, mustard and stuff. So maybe I'll ask God, him. I love that so mustard. much, Mike. Maybe we need to I'll, talk. Yeah, maybe I'll ask him if I can put my beans in his shelter. You know? Yeah. <laughs> my God, I love it. So he's I'll, a, I'll is he a doomsday prepper? That's what they're he called. Is. Do, he's Fantastic. A, no, all kidding aside. This and my talkers, you'll remember, Mike. Not only is he a doomsday prepper, but he's also he comes from that clown family. Um, he's from a family of clowns. But while he's down there, he can entertain. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Seriously, his whole family—they're a, a long lineage, a long lineage of of clowns. And uh, he was kicked out of the clown council hmm. because you know when you're a clown. And this is what Mike told us: when you're a clown, you have to have a clown talent. A clown skill. And his and was he, talking. And he had no clown abilities. <laughs> he had so, no, oh, come on. No, he had no clown abilities. So he was removed from the order. He was, he had to turn in his nose or whatever. So, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So he was, he well, had, at least he's prepared. Yeah. But he had no clown talent. But yeah, so he's a clown and he's a doomsday prepper. I mean, what, what, <laughs> what better combo of human being is that? Oh, man. So, wow. I do have a bug out bag. That's just to grab on the go. Okay, that you told me that a couple months ago, yeah. and I can't believe. No, I can't believe that. Will you explain to everybody what a bug out bag is? Uh, it has all kinds of supplies in case something goes down. Where you have to, go, you don't have a home anymore. You're on the run, and you need to survive in the wilderness. Uh-huh. Do you know how to start a fire with no. a flint? Okay, maybe do you should you? try. Just to, yeah, of course. What else do you keep in there? Oh, there's MREs. There are, you know, meals pre-prepared, are like army meals in there. Uh, there's rope. There's a tarp. I have... Um, did you buy this as a set or did you assemble oh, I'm compiling all the individual it. I have knives. items? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Plural? You have multiple knives? Yeah, I've, I have like, a, you know, a Leatherman tool and then I have another knife that's bigger for maybe doing something like cutting down wood for fire. Um I enjoy this kind of stuff. I I have I love the thought of having to survive. I I love oh, those goodness. shows like Survivor Man and Bear Grylls. I just really get into it just to see yeah, what do. my body could go through and how much hardship I could, you know, just to you got to make it, you know, survivalist. You, you watch watched watch present tense all yeah. of those uh, Alaskan Alaskan wilderness shows, right? Oh my gosh, yes, I was so obsessed with Alaska for a while. Just yeah. like every show on the Travel Channel about Alaska, I've seen it. How long have you been yeah. like this? Oh gosh, my Forever. dad was really uh, into kind of stuff like this. He was a camping type fishing outdoorsman. Um, ever since the trend started. where Well, I don't know, it's just like, you know, growing up realizing that, oh, this sounds very odd, but, you know... We're not as secure. It's just I'm scared that we've been so comfortable for so long mm. that something's going to happen that we'll have no control over. And how prepared are we going to be? I think, mm-hmm. you know, if society falls apart, are we going to be able to make it? I mean, people no, freak out when to. they don't have cell phone service. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, the signal has to go to space. Just wait a second. 
you know? <laughs> so <laughs> Then it has to beam back down. Yeah, it's going to space. It's going to space. Yeah. Alexis's home planet picks it up. Oh, yeah. Beams it back down here. Rocket man, help us figure out where Lex is from. I have That's a water right. filtration system, just a little, you, yeah. A purifi- you do? Yeah, purification tabs in there for water, because the biggest thing that's going to kill you, if we remember from, um, what was that, um, oh, God, a trail, Oregon Trail, dysentery will really get you. You know, oh God! You can die from diarrhea, die. so let's not do that, guys. That would be a horrible. That's I don't want to die from dysentery. No way. That's one way. I just do not want to kick the bucket. Mm-hmm. Condoms no. are also really good to have in there because you can use them for a whole bunch of different things. You yeah. want to have a water balloon fight with the one other person who's surviving <laughs> with you? Yes. Yeah. yeah, you got to have some fun. Um, Yeah, you can just get one that's all contained. You can buy a bug out bag on the internet. You don't have to compile it like some weird hoarders like me. Do you like keep it by the door? I have it. Yeah, I have it actually. I have one in my car in case I can't go home for some reason. Multiple bug out bags. And then I have another one in my closet. Of course you do. I have two. (laughs) But I can survive probably, uh, you know, if it's not in the middle of Minnesota winter, I could survive for a month with stuff in there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> no. <laughs> 714. 714. We're going we're gonna to take a break. When we come back, ew, a really gross encounter between the late Frank Sinatra and Harry Connick Jr.'s family. Plus, wait till you hear who a Hollywood executive wanted to cast as Harriet Tubman. I... I, I You're going to say something like that when I tell you the story next. Time now for Alexis Out of Context. On the dawn of breaking of of the the moon with Batwing. This has been Alexis Out of Context. Whoa. Yeah, we have no Not idea really what sure she's what saying that there. Was at all. No, nor nor did we have any idea at the time. The dawn of break, breaking of oh. of the no. of the new moon with Batwing. Yeah, no, no. I think she was trying to at that moment identify the title of the newest Twilight movie. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. The dawn now. of break, breaking of of the of no. the new moon. <laughs> I think that's what she was trying to do. Mm -hmm. I I have no idea. Oh, (laughs) that was that was a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Jason and Alexis in the morning on my talk one oh seven one on this Wednesday, November twentieth. Seven twenty one is the time. So Harry Connick Jr. in People magazine uh, talked about an encounter with the the late Frank Sinatra. Okay, and. You're thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, that's that's great. I mean, I'm sure he ran into a lot of uh, famous people because, you know, people people forget. Uh, but Harry Connick Jr. was a big deal um, in the late 80s and into the 90s. I mean, he was like the hot uh, kind of new Frank Sinatra. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he was he was a crooner. Mm-hmm. He was a throwback. He was attractive. He was on the soundtrack to When Harry Met Sally. I mean, he he was it. Well, so he talked about this quote unpleasant experience with Frank Sinatra when he was when Frank was completely inappropriate with 
well, at the time, it was his girlfriend, Jill Goodacre, um, who is who is was a model. So, quote, uh, there was a he was uh, remember getting choked up during a performance in front of Sinatra, quote, that was an unpleasant experience because as much as I wanted to sing for him and everyone else, I don't get nervous, but I was really nervous for that. And I blanked out. I was I completely forgot the words. I was with my wife, then my girlfriend, and then we saw Frank at the lift. And I said, we should go. I need to explain myself. Mm. Um, And I said, I'm sorry. I'm much better than what you saw. And he took my wife and held her face and said, you're beautiful and kissed her on the mouth. Ew. God, that's really out there. I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't know. You know, well, when you're Frank Sinatra back in the day, you think you thought that you could do that, you know, because you're the chairman of the board. You're, you know what I mean? You think, oh, I'm Frank. I can, I, I, I own everything. I'm the chairman of the board. So I have, I, 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 this woman wants to kiss me. (laughs) Yeah. And and maybe people at the time, I'm just saying women back then might've been, that might've been the greatest moment of their life. Truly, oh. it's like, oh, you know, they would be like, wow, Frank Sinatra kissed me. The perception would have been different. But these are different times. It's different times. Yeah. You and don't you know own, what? just any woman walking down the street isn't your property because you're Frank Sinatra. Well, not only that, but I was thinking, even back then, Dawn, and you, you and I are the same age, and, and, and Rob can add some perspective on this, too. Even back then, was that okay? Would, would that, I mean, for someone just to grab your face... I still think that would have been creepy back then. Mm, what was this? The nineties? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. The 90s. I was, yeah. I mean, it is. He's living in a time where leftover from the fifties and sixties, where women just probably accepted that they didn't even think. I don't like this. Yeah. Well, I think there was something more behind the intention, though, than just Frank being, you know, in that mentality of, you know, I'm Frank Sinatra and I surround myself with dames mm-hmm. uh, but it seems like he wanted to get back at Harry Connick Jr. somehow oh there was some don't you think there, malicious that was part intent of there yeah, I mean, like I don't care about your music but I'm gonna like, kiss your you woman screwed up. all these crazy alien stories can't be true can they? hey it's Stephen Diener host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast and whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the Unidentified Alien Podcast or UAP for short there's a crazy crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that i bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to uap on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com my music and i'm gonna you know kind of show you up in front of your girlfriend wife whatever i mean that's kind of the impression that i got from the way you described the story jason yeah it Ugh. is disrespectful because he wanted to have a conversation about his yes. performance, and he's like, obviously didn't care. No, didn't like, care. Like he all. doesn't care because he's was that arrogant, from what I hear. Yep. Like nobody could do his songs anyway, so why even you know listen? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, I had a chance to meet Harry Connick Jr. Oh yeah. Um, back when he released his album, I think it might have been called She, where they were working a single, and um, it was in New Orleans, his hometown. I was yeah. at a radio convention. He was the nicest guy. He is. Yeah. He's a sweetheart. Very nice man. He was. He came to Minneapolis a couple times. Um, cause his talk show was on my station. 
So he came, he was on my TV show twice or three times. And every visit, he was so kind mm. to not only myself, but to the crew, too. And that always matters to me. He's always oh, totally very kind to the crew. And I always I always love that. So you're, you're right, Rob. He's, he's a very nice man. Very, very nice man. I have a, a total wackadoo story. This is just nuts. This tell, speaking of like back in the day. So there is a new interview with the screenwriter for the upcoming movie, Harriet, which is a Harriet Tubman uh, biopic. So in this interview, now usually you're like, oh, why is this interview making headlines? Listen to this. In the interview, Gregory Allen Howard is his name. Uh, Mr. Howard said that he's been trying to get this movie made for 26 years, that the 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 Harriet Tubman biopic's been in, been in Hollywood, gone back and forth for 26 years. And back in the day, so 26 years ago or whenever, maybe early 90s, he said the climate in Hollywood was very different. And Mr. Howard was told by a studio head, hey, kid, the script is fantastic. Let's get Julia Roberts to play Harriet Tubman. That is, I I just can't believe this. I'm now going to let everyone in your car. Clutch your pearls. Just think about what I just said for just a second. Hey, kid, the script is fantastic. Let's get Julia Roberts to play Harriet Tubman. Okay, let me continue. Howard says in the Hollywood Reporter, Gregor Allen Howard says, quote, when someone pointed out that Roberts couldn't be Harriet, the executive responded, it was so long ago, no one's going to know the difference. I I am. I grab your wigs and keys. I, just, I mean, uh, does this guy still have a job? Uh, well, this Hollywood bigwig. Now, see, Gregory Allen Howard is a classy, a classy guy. Yeah. He did not. He did not name oh. the studio head. He just said a studio head back in the day. Um, said that no one would remember. Um, that Harriet Tubman was a black woman. So. It would be all right for Julia Roberts to play her. I, the, I one of the I, most appalling things I've ever heard about Hollywood. I, really, I I just want to stop the show right now. I literally, I I have nothing more for you. I can't. Again, this wasn't that long ago. It was the '90s. To me, this would have been inappropriate in the '90s. But yeah, okay. I'm no so glad things have changed. It's not all the way perfect. Don't get me wrong, but. Isn't it just, uh, yeah. uh, thank yeah. God that we're f- so far away from that, you know, no but one's... still you have issues with cultural appropriation um, and people being cast that shouldn't be, is, you, we have to pay attention to this. This is a very no important. One's, no one's going to know the difference. Yeah. The point is, oh God, don't even get me started. I know. Does he not know me. the story? I, I, oh. I, uh, yeah. You can read more in the uh, Hollywood Reporter. When we come back, everybody, uh, we're going to laugh our butt off with a little Would You Rather after this. Welcome back. Jason and Alexis in the morning on my Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Everything. Then I'd find a sweet honey. 
I'm Jace with Lex and uh, Don McLean, brother Rob filling in uh, while Lex enjoys uh, time off with her family. Uh, if you've been gone for the last couple of days, I'll just update you quickly. I spoke to Alexis on Monday. She wants everyone to know that she's doing great. Baby's doing great. Uh, she's just enjoying uh, her family and some uh, privacy and some alone time and, uh, and much needed. So we love you, sweetheart. And, um, and we'll keep you updated. 7.35, everybody, in honor of Alexis. She loved this. Uh, this is one of her favorite times of the week. Mm-hmm. And that is when we do the beloved Would You Rather. It's time to make a choice. Would you rather. Jason and Alexis present Would You Rather. And uh, drawing out the Would You Rather name uh, was only covering for the fact that I couldn't find the Would You Rather open. That's why it took me eight (laughs) years to uh, say Would You Rather. So, uh, yeah, just a little little honest moment there. I was like, um, I can now see Jason's screen and what he's doing. I couldn't, I can't do that in the control room. Just, you know, I'm in Alexis's spot. It's funny because now I can see what you're looking for. Oh, well, you can see the sound effects <laughs> yeah. wall. Yeah. I can. I can see you moving the mouse around. So, oh, it's funny. I'm like, yeah, he's for, got it. Oh, come on, now you can do it. <laughs> yeah, for for people who don't know, yeah, there's we. It's called the wall, and it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight rows of eight rows of sound effects, and each row has I don't know how many sound effects. I, I just don't know how in your mind you keep all this straight and where it is. It's just amazing to me. Oh, yeah, I have a weird memory. Yeah, when you're in the this. nursing home, you're going to be thinking about where the price is right theme is on your wall. Oh, you know? Yeah, if if you mention <laughs> like if you mention one of our th- one TV theme right now, Don, I yeah. can immediately go to it. I know exactly where it is. Okay, how about uh how about the uh you your mate and your Johnson? Oh, I don't have that on the wall, but give oh, me a don't? TV. No, I oh, TV I, I, I always give me a TV theme and okay, I, I can go uh, right the to it. Oh, that's easy. Right there, girl. Yeah, I seriously, I I have. It was Colin from Jr. Oh, a quote from Jr. Oh, please, that's that's child. Well, what's a family for if it can't take care of its losers? Right there, yeah. Here, how about this one? No, I don't give a damn about you or your happiness, honey. But I do care about what's good for me. That's right, Jr. No, Colin came in here one time. This was early on. This was, um, well, not early, maybe within the first three years that we were together. And he had seen me do TV because when I when we started dating, I was doing the news. I was a, a news anchor from 4.30 to 6, and then I was doing mm-hmm. the buzz. So he had seen me do TV and whatever. But he came into, I think he came into the radio studio, and he saw the number of screens that we have in front of us and... Um, kind of the the orchestra like thing, you know, of, of managing the sound effects and 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 talking and, and calls and all. He saw the screens that we all see, uh-huh. and he's like that. Fi-, he he's like that. That was interesting to him, and he yeah. and and then he and it was like one of the best compliments he ever gave me. He's like, it's fun to watch you do that. And uh, I always think about that. It was probably one of the sweetest compliments work-wise that he's ever given me. He's like, wow, you're really good at kind of managing all that. And I'm like, thank you. I take pride in that. So, any hoodly doodly. Speaking of sound effects, uh, here's a little music as we play Would You Rather. 
would you rather? Give one piece of bad advice to your best friend that would ruin his or her life? No. Or say the wrong thing to your boss 70% of the time for a year? Well, you wouldn't have a job for a whole year if you did it 70% of the time, right? Yeah. With B. Arthur, I'd do it probably 95% of the time. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm already so paranoid Why about not? that anyway. I mean, if the big thing that I'm going to tell my best friend exists in the world, I figure they're going to figure out anyway, so why not hear from a friend? Yes. <laughs> I just flower that up to make me not seem selfish. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Rob, you would ruin your friend's life forever? If the information exists in the universe already, and he's going to know regardless, then oh, it's better to know from me than the newspaper or something. I All right, know. I'll I'll defer to Dawn on that one. <laughs> yeah. That work Would me. you rather have a tattoo of a toilet around your belly button? <laughs> Ew, gross. Or a misspelled large tattoo across your chest? Oh, I got to keep these pristine. I'll do the belly button. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I'll go with the misspelled tattoo. It's, um, I think it would be more of a conversation piece. Yes. And most of the time, people wouldn't see it anyway. All right. Very true. Um, what would I do? I think the tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, they're both tattoos. You mean the misspelled tattoo? I'm the misspelled tattoo. Misspelled okay. tattoo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. You guys are very protective about your belly buttons. Mm hmm. Would you? <laughs> Naval <rather>? purists. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying. Would you rather <laughs> be born with an elephant trunk <laughs> or a giraffe neck? Oh, God. Oh, man. I guess a giraffe neck just because I'm vain and I don't want it to affect my face. Yeah. Would I get the ivory tusks, too? <laughs> yes. Ooh. And use that as a weapon. I'd still go for the giraffe neck. Yeah. Okay. You have to get a, a car with T-tops. I'm going with the giraffe neck. I can't have a trunk like that. I no. can't do that. Would you rather have to run around a major league sold-out ball game around the bases in your underwear? <laughs> Or smell like cat pee for six months. Oh, no. I'm rounding third. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. That I game. Know. That sounds kind I'm, of fun, actually. I am not going to smell like that for six months. No way. There's no way. Mm-mm. Oh, no one would want to be around you. Yeah. No. Would, now, this is just very simple. But I actually don't know this about either of you. Okay. Would you rather always be too hot or too cold? I would say too hot. I, I, yeah, I hate being cold. It hurts down to the bone. I'd rather I could handle being too cold because it's only so many layers of clothing you can remove before you'll get arrested in most <laughs> right. cities and states. I lived in Texas and didn't have air conditioning in my car for a while, so uh, I think I've already done that. 
I think I would rather be too hot. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking about myself and I am temperature sensitive. So I hate either scenario, but I think I'd rather be too warm. Hmm. I cannot handle like in the winter when your fingers are cold and stuff. Oh, yeah. oh no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do it. This has been Would You Rather? Would You Rather? Sponsored by AAA Movers, everybody. When we come back, everybody, whoa. I have changed my opinion on someone. I really have. Okay. Someone that I didn't think much of. All right. Not in a bad way. I didn't really have an opinion. But that all changed once again because of Howard Stern. I will explain when we come back. The co- it's down by what you say. Welcome back. Jason and Alexis in the morning on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. I'm Jace with Dawn and Rob. It is uh, Wednesday, November 20th, 2019. Thanks for being here, everyone. We uh, greatly appreciate it. I was listening to Howard Stern uh, several days ago. And as usually, as, as, as is the case a lot, I walked away from another one of his fantastic interviews thinking way more of the subject than I did at the beginning of the interview. And this time, it was Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray. It's Rachel Ray. Okay, what freaking, did you learn from her? Freaking Rachel Ray. <laughs> I, I haven't thought a lot about her in my entire life. I mean, I, I didn't, I have never disliked her. Yeah. I, I, I've always thought she was delightful when I've seen her. Oh, yeah, great energy. Um, Great energy. I, 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 it wasn't like I wasn't a fan, but I, it wasn't like I am with Oprah, um, like an Uber fan. You know, if I like something, I go, I go all for it. And, sure. and I just never felt that way with Rachel Ray. But listening to her, we were talking about Lisa Renna earlier, so it's, it's perfect. Uh, Lisa Renna, another person who, uh, she hustles. I mean, just like the hustle never ends. Rachel Ray is the same way. And I, I am inspired by that. And it is, um, I, I respect it so much. She was listing off all the stuff, all the companies, all the projects that she does. And my mouth was on my steering wheel. I, I was driving home as a getting my hair did by Mermaid, the Mer, uh, the woman who cuts my hair. She believes in Mermaid, so I call her Mer. But I was driving home from Mermaid. And I had the uh, interview on, and and Rachel starts listing off. She has a furniture line, Don. She has a cookware uh, line. She has a furniture she, line. She has a furniture line. Oh, I know that she has pet food. She has pet food. She's written. Uh, I don't want to get this wrong. Twenty six books. That might. I might even be wrong on that. It may even be more than that. I'm typing in right now. I think she's written. Way more than that. She's she has a new one called Rachel Ray Fifty Memories and Meals. That's what she was kind of promoting on Howard. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this list. I think there's more than 26. Oh my goodness, look at all these books. Anyway, and she has her daytime show. Then she has she still has her Food Network show. She goes around. She now has a thing called Virtual Meals, and Minneapolis is one of the cities, and it's connected with Uber Eats. So she, Rachel Ray meals can be delivered to you through Uber Eats in 15 major cities. Interesting. Okay. So yet another project of hers. Mm. 
she does animal rescue. She does uh, she does specials. She I mean she was listing off all of her prod and and Howard was like what like how do you have time for all of this how do you have time for this and she was she was I love it she said as she's you know as she goes through her day she doodles uh, furniture designs she's like I just don't slap my name on stuff yeah she's like I I actually all of the stuff that I put my name on I do. You know, because sometimes some shishi poo poo, uh, she kind of busted the New York Times. Uh-huh. She's like, I love the New York Times, but the New York Times, one of their writers took her to task and Gwyneth Paltrow years ago for uh, for acu- they were accusing her and Gwyneth of not writing their own cookbooks. Oh, and what? Rachel and Rachel was like, uh, I write, I not only do I write all my cookbooks, I write them long form on pads. Oh my god. So she went on her show and showed the legal pads of of all of, of, of the notes that she takes. I can see how Gwyneth Paltrow, because she isn't a cook. But she did. Uh, Rachel called Gwyneth, and Gwyneth really wrote. Okay. So Gwyneth came on Rachel's show, and she has the mag. I forgot about the magazine. She has her magazine. Mm. Here's a cool story. We don't have the time for the whole thing. But here's a funny story she told Howard about the first time she was ever on the Oprah show. She was on the Food Network. Al Roker had put her on the Today Show once, and then she got a call from Harpo. Listen to this. So let me understand this whole thing with Oprah. Mm. So then you do the Al Roker thing. Then you get the Food Network. And, and a then, couple years after Food Network, I get called by the Oprah show to come on and cook with Is Oprah. it like Jesus calling? I was literally speechless. And I was on book tour. And the flight got canceled, and I didn't oh. think I was going to make it to the Oprah show. I got there at 3.45 to my hotel room, and they were going to pick me up at 5.45 so I could go prep the food for the segment because they didn't have, you know, food people prepping it out. Do you I meet Oprah prepping. ahead of time, or you've never nope. met her? Never met her in my life. I'm crying so hard at the airport because no. I think I'm going to miss it. Oh. My eyes are swollen like golf balls. Oh. They picked me up two hours after I got to my room, and it's Oprah. So I bought this fancy outfit and pantyhose and high heels and all. Yeah, I go to my room. I'm crying because I haven't slept, and I feel terrible. And I'm ironing skirts. And I put on this getup, and I show up, and I'm just a hot mess. Her hair and makeup people look at me with such pity. Yeah, they almost start crying, and they sit me down and they put these giant locks in my hair, right? And curl my hair and put on makeup. They dial you up. And it looked like I was trying to look like Oprah. It looked like I was like stalking her at a party. And I went out on the stage and Oprah was doing the dog whisperer before me. Like he had half the show and I'd have the show. Right. So I come out on the stage and she's in jeans and a long sleeve Henley like I would wear on my show. Right. It looked like we swapped wardrobes. And I look like this crazy lunatic that's stalking Oprah. But meanwhile. <laughs> oh, God. So then she, oh, listen to this. Oprah said. And she says, hey. You've, you've, you've got, got it. You've yeah. got it. Yeah. Can you imagine that? She finishes her segment and Oprah leans in and whispers to Rachel, you've got it. You've got it. Oh. And then Harpo ended up helping to produce and distribute the Rachel Ray show. I mean, that's a compliment right there. I mean, when Oprah Winfrey tells you, you have it, you you pee your pants. I mean, if you're a broadcaster, you want to yeah, do a job like absolutely. ours. If if Oprah's telling you that you have what it takes, oh my goodness, there's what, what's better than that? It's like back in the day when Johnny would 
have a comedian come over to the couch. That's mm-hmm. a seal of approval that you yep. want. So anyway, I, I that was from Howard Stern, by the way. Baba Bowie. Love you, Howard. Um, love her now. I am now, to button this up, I am now a huge Rachel Ray fan. Cool. That's what he does. That's what he does. That's what Howard does. Rachel, I love you. I'm, I'm serious. I started watching her show. Oh, cool. The power of Howard. He seems like you. a sweetheart. Yeah. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, a little special thing that we're going to do during Alexis's paternity leave. We'll talk about that when we return. A beautiful day.